Hello everyone, welcome to Michael Armstrong's podcast. Um, now I'm going to uh, introduce a new feature which I'm uh, going to regularly do. It's going to be called uh, Wolf of Wales, uh, hashtag Wolf of Wales, hashtag wow. Um, it's a feature where I'm going to talk about uh, sales and uh, the sort of skills, knowledge, information that I've picked up over the years uh, in sales. I've been uh, involved in uh, sales in some way, shape or form since I was 11. I'm nearly 43 now, so that's uh, uh, quite a long time uh, in order to uh, to get some learning, get some knowledge. Um, I've been involved in high-end, high-level sales uh, for the last 18 years and uh, doing national sales, uh, solution sales, corporate sales, that sort of thing. And then um, running my own sales and marketing consultancy for the last sort of eight years. Um, so I've, I feel I've got a lot to contribute on the subject matter. Um, I feel that, uh, you know, I could easily be justified as the, uh, the Wolf of Wales. So that's why I'm going to do the feature, the Wolf of Wales. And I'm going to share some of my uh, knowledge, tips and advice in this feature. Uh, in this feature. So please uh, keep an eye out for that if you're interested in sales or if you're new in business and you know that you need to learn more about sales. Uh, have a good day. I know I will. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast. Um, This is going to be my first uh, feature uh, episode uh, from the regular feature, which is going to be called uh, Wolf of Wales or hashtag Wolf of Wales, hashtag wow or hashtag wow podcast. Um, so I'm going to um, share some of my knowledge and insights uh, from the world of sales so that I can help uh, improve people uh, either in sales or looking to get in sales or new to business but needing some help in sales or anything else really along those lines. So I'm going to start off with the basics because I think that's always the best place to start. And uh, one of the places I'm going to start is in overcoming receptionists or overcoming the gates. It's uh, a common problem in sales, especially B2B sales, if you're trying to get through to decision makers, the people you need to promote your products and services to, um, but you can't get through the gate. So I've got a couple of uh, strategies, a couple of tips, bits of advice uh, that you can try. And uh, these have worked for me and hopefully they'll work for you too. So uh, sit back and relax and uh, hopefully uh, I can give you some good advice. So one uh, method of overcoming the gate or the receptionist um, is actually to get them on side. Uh, So you can do this by uh, perhaps uh, popping in some cakes um, or, uh, you know, um, having a good chat with her, you know, getting some common ground, doing some icebreakers, you know, becoming somebody that she likes and, and cares about. And that's one way of then getting messages through to the people you're trying to contact. So if you're, for example, you left a box of donuts and uh, you put a message in there or a letter or something for the person you're trying to get through to within the business uh, and, and actually said, well, the donuts are for that person's department or team, then the gate will probably give those uh, uh, donuts or treats um, to the department and the person who you're trying to get through to will probably read your letter. So um, that's uh, one tactic or one strategy that you could use to get around the gate or, or, or actually to get working with the gate or the receptionist. Um, 
Another strategy you could do is receptionists uh, in companies. They tend to work nine till five. It tends to be a, a nine to five job. So the people that you're often trying to target for decision making, um, they're often not nine to five. They're often, they get in early and they leave late. Um, management, managerial positions, that sort of thing. Owners of the company, directors. You know, it's not a nine to five job. So a good strategy to get around the gate is simply to make your phone calls um, in the morning before nine o'clock, so between sort of eight to nine, um, or in the evening after work, so say from five till six, uh, what will usually happen when you ring large companies at this time is the gates have gone and the numbers go through to the management. So you may well land on the desk of the person you're trying to get through to anyway. So that's quite a good obvious uh, tip which will improve people's sales ability and sales performance. And uh, one more tip is as well, um, large companies, um, they often have extensions with their phone numbers. So for example, you may be ringing a number uh, 02920 And then obviously all the um, direct lines are 501, 502, 503, etc. Yeah? Now the management, the senior decision makers, uh, the MD, finance directors, IT directors, etc. They usually have the 501, 502, 503. Um, which basically means if you've got a, a direct line number to the receptionist or you've got the 000 number and you're trying to get past the receptionist, simply add 501 or 502 or 503 to your phone number and you'll actually get through to somebody senior who you can actually pitch your product or service to. So um, these are um, basic sales um, strategies and tactics that I've learned over the years. And uh, hopefully um, by giving them to you, it's something that's going to help your life and your career in sales to blossom so that you too can become a wolf of Wales in your own right. So um, thank you very much for listening to the Mike Armstrong podcast and our feature, The Wolf of Wales. Uh, hopefully you'll get something out of that and you'll uh, stay in uh, tune, uh, stay watching really for when the next edition of that feature comes on. Uh, have a good day. Um, have an awesome life in sales and uh, enjoy your day. I know I will. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast. Um, I'm going to do another Wolf of uh, Wales feature. Uh, hashtag Wolf of Wales, hashtag wow, uh, hashtag wow podcast. Um, the reason I'm going to do another Wolf of Wales feature is, uh, you know, I've got a lot of sales knowledge and experience in my head, which I'd like to get out there. And so this feature is going to um, cover um, why I stopped selling uh, in order to start becoming a better salesperson. Um, you know, so uh, I think it's quite an important topic to cover. And it's something which uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense on the uh, on the surface, but I'm going to explain to you what I mean and uh, why I did it. So um, I started out in sales at uh, sort of 11, really, in employed sales at 15. And uh, I would say I was a salesman, uh, quite a hardcore salesman, selling door to door, um, double glazing, um, selling, you know, business to business, uh, products and services, radio advertising, newspaper advertising, that sort of stuff. And uh, I used to pretty much try and sell anything to anyone. 
Um, so I was a proper salesperson. And uh, it took to about my mid-20s um, until I started doing corporate sales, really, when I um, discovered that it's better to not be a salesperson and actually to be a solutions provider or a solutions salesperson. So to me, the difference is um, salespeople will sell you anything. Um, now, that can be good and bad. You know, if, you can, if you're persuasive and you're emotive and you can persuade somebody to buy something, even if they don't necessarily want it or need it, then you can make a lot of money doing that. But if you're offering something where you're trying to get more business from somebody, so that's the best form of selling is actually repeat business, upselling, renewals, that sort of stuff, because it's far easier to be a farmer than a hunter. Uh, it's far e uh, easier to sell to someone who already knows, likes and trusts you than it is to find more people who who know, like and trust you. So if you have a strategy of selling anything to anyone, then basically it limits your upsell and your renewal possibility. It basically makes the relationship quite short term. So you'll always have to hunt. You always have to go out there and find new customers because pretty much you're selling people stuff that, you know, yeah, sometimes they need it, sometimes they don't, sometimes they like it, sometimes it does what they want, sometimes it doesn't, etc. Um, whereas if you actually listen to people and you work in a product or service providing company where they've got options and they've got choices, and if you actually listen to what people want and what they need, um, then by delivering the products and services in your portfolio that actually match the need of the client and need of the customer, not only will you make the sale and um, probably make the sale bigger and better at the beginning, but you'll also start the journey of building a relationship with somebody who you can go back to time after time after time and actually provide more products and services to them because they value your judgment, they value you as a person, and they value what you bring to the table. So I would say that in order to be a great salesperson, stop selling and start providing solutions. Um, so that's my uh, sort of tip or recommendation um, today. Uh, it's my second one of the day. So if you've not checked out my first one, the first one's on how you can navigate or overcome the gate, the gatekeeper or the receptionist in a business or um, how you can work with them to get beyond them. So check out that one and uh, keep an eye out for future uh, Wolf of Wales podcasts or um, other Mike Armstrong podcasts, which is generally about uh, business, business news, business advice, uh, sales and marketing, networking, and positivity and motivation. I hope to catch you on my podcast sometime soon. Uh, see you later. Thanks. Have a good day. I know I will. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello everyone, welcome back to Mike Armstrong's podcast. Um, this is going to be another session on the Wolf of Wales, uh, sales and marketing, uh, especially sales, a bit of sales training really for people who are either um, new in sales, they're looking to get more out of their sales, or they're in business looking for better sales performances, etc. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of story about um, a project I've done in the past with one of my clients, which really worked out well, and it was uh, some knowledge that I gained whilst being uh, in uh, corporate sales 
sales world for 10 years, which I then used uh, in a strategy for clients of mine and friends of mine. And it's really helped them to grow as a business, uh, helped them to improve their sales as well. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story and then give you sort of the, the learning and the education from that at the end. So in... Uh, 2012, when I first went uh, self-employed as a sales and marketing consultant, I uh, joined uh, a network uh, at the time, Intrabiz, and they were Wales's biggest, uh, well, they're Wales's biggest business network now. Back then, they were just a a new sort of fairly smallish network. And uh, the network was run by a friend of mine uh, at the time, uh, or a friend of mine now, who was uh, a new sort of client contact of mine at the time. And uh, her name was Tracy Smolinski, and she used to run the Intrabiz Business Network. Now, at the time, they had about probably about 60 members. So they probably got about 300-odd now and much bigger clients, etc. But back then, she had a lot of sort of smaller SME clients and uh, was running her network with about 60 members, I think, something like that. And uh, I believe her annual membership used to be £399 to join. Now, at the time... Um, at the time, I believed that even though she was a small network, she was offering a better product and service than what her competitors were offering. And and I, I believed it was uh, substantially better. Um, so I said to, to, Paul, uh, uh, to Paul and Tracy, because I think Paul had just joined the business at the time. Um, so I said to Paul and Tracy that they should really be charging more for their product or service because they're only charging £399 a year. Their competitors were charging around £200 a year. And I thought they were more than twice better than them. So I said, you know, they should really be charging more. Um, so that was uh, something I believed in because of what they were offering. And so they upped the price to £499 for SMEs, really, and for, 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 for their basic sort of membership. But I also told them at the time that really, in business, you should have at least three options. Uh, you know, probably in business, you should have more as well. But I said you should have at least three options, a small, a medium and a large. And they only had the one. So I said, you know, you're selling packages to the SMEs, but you're not really um, offering something to the, the, the larger SMEs or nothing to the corporates. I said, you know, the corporates paying the same as what the SMEs do if they do join anyway. But obviously, the corporates are going to look at the price and the package and think, oh, that's not for me. That's probably an SME network or something. So it'll actually turn off and put off clients. So um, they agreed with me then and then decided to come up with, I said you should have a small, a medium and a large, but they decided to come up with four packages, I think, at the time. They had a... a, a a silver, a gold, uh, uh, sorry, a bronze, a silver, a gold, and a platinum package. I think uh, their packages at the time then went from, so they upped the price, the bottom price, from 399 to 499 giving a better uh, uh, situation on, on value, a better price that reflected value. And they also then come up with a, another package, which was uh, £750, a medium package. They come up with a large package, which was £1,200. And then they had a, an extra large package, which was uh, £1,500. That was the platinum package. And basically, instead of just offering the one option to their client base, they began to offer all four options. 
Now, that meant that uh, the small companies could still go for the smaller package, the medium companies for the medium one, and the large for the larger one, etc. And people could cho- choose how much value they wanted to exchange and how much value they wanted to get. And it meant that they were able to close deals for a much uh, larger value. Now, actually, by implementing that process, most of the people because they had choices a lot of the psychology is people don't want to go for the bottom package so a lot of the people went for the medium package so they upped their spend from 399 to 750 and then there was lots of the corporates who were going in at the 1200 or the 1500 level in their packages so instead of having 60 customers paying 399 she then ended up having 60 to 80 companies with the new business growth or whatever in that first year paying 750 1200 or 1500 so they massively grew their business in a short period of time just with a little tweak to their pricing and packages situation so that's a really good sort of way of demonstrating how by changing what you're offering your product your service and your pricing how you can actually massively improve the amount of money your business makes now interbiz have gone on to become the largest business network in wales and they do wales's biggest business shows etc and now they probably got 10 15 20 odd packages they got packages for everyone in every situation so that's sort of uh, uh, proof, if you like, that by just doing some simple tweaking and offering some more options and allowing people to tailor what they want to them and their business, you can actually massively grow your business. So uh, hopefully that's been of use to you uh, guys out there who are in business, who are offering products and services with one option. And uh, if it has, and if in the future you change your packages and you change your pricing and you end up with more sales, please give me a case study or a testimonial or something to say how I've helped you along the way. And uh, that would make me feel great because I like like helping people. But I don't know if I've helped someone if you don't let me know. So please let me know. If you want me to actually work with you on how to price your products, your services and your packages, then please get in touch with me. My number is 07960-872. 549 or you can get in, in touch with me via my company which is ma consultancy on uh, social media search ma consultancy or via my website which is uh, www.maconsultancycardiff.com or you can get in touch with me via my speaker author and mentor website and uh, mike armstrong's news website which is uh, http two dots forward slash mike armstrong dot me or mikearmstrong.me forward slash news. Um, So engage with my uh, site, my content on social media and online. And if you want me to help you with your uh, pricing strategy and your packages of product and service, get in touch. But if you feel you can do this on your own, give it a go. Make the changes, grow your business, and then let me know how I've helped you in some way once you've grown your business. So I'm aware of it, really. Um, If you're looking for more uh, sales and marketing content, please check out my podcast uh, for other uh, Wolf of Wales uh, posts, including hashtag Wolf of Wales, hashtag wow, W-O-W, or hashtag uh, hashtag wow podcast, um, if you're searching for me on social media. And, uh, um, yeah, you know, keep an eye out for me. Join my group on Facebook, which is um, uh, Wolf of Wales, 
uh, fans and I've also got a Mike Armstrong podcast fans thing it's a good place for like-minded people who like the show or like what I'm doing to get involved and share ideas with each other and also connect and share with me I'm a massive networker uh, on a global basis um, so I want to connect and network with other like-minded people so if that's you and you want to join the Wolf of Wales gang uh, and tribe then get involved um, I hope to uh, meet and connect with you sometime soon but if not I hope to have somehow helped you along your journey so uh, all that's left for me to say now really is to have a good day because I know I will thank you very much cheers bye bye Hello everyone, welcome back to the uh, Mike Armstrong podcast. Uh, this evening I'm going to cover just a quick question that I've been asked somewhere else on a different social media platform, um, but I thought uh, I'd uh, cover it here. So um, this is a sort of uh, segment from the uh, the Wolf of Wales, uh, hashtag Wolf of Wales, hashtag wow, hashtag wow podcast. Um, and elsewhere in my social media, I've been asked how to sell products or how can you sell products on eBay if everyone else is selling the same products? Uh, so how can you successfully sell them, really? And uh, basically on eBay, just like anywhere else, really, you're going to have to stand out in order to make sales, to make proper sales. So there's a couple of different ways that you can do that standing out you can build value so you can actually offer the same products but maybe in uh, with, with some extras ch thrown in or in different package quantities or different uh, size amounts that sort of thing so you need a differentiator really so uh, yeah so offering different packages or um, sticking an extra product or service in or add-ons um, will will make your um, product or service stand out um, another way that you can outsell comp competitors is by being more cost-effective still cheaper um, another way that you can um, do, do something against your competitors you could offer free shipping um, and one of the best strategies in all businesses is offer best, better customer service than anyone else obviously if you offer best better customer service then um, you're going to get better reviews, better ratings, and, and that's another reason why people will choose you as well. So if you're using eBay and selling stuff on eBay, just because you're selling the same stuff as other people, it don't mean that you can't stand out. Something else which I used to do when I used to have a business that sold on eBay as well is we would um, uh, spray the product in a nice uh, posh perfume and put them in nice uh, wrapper, wrapping or packaging. So again, if you're selling the same products as other people, but you're putting a bit more time, effort and care into what you're doing than the others are, then people will appreciate that. So um, there's a number of different ways that you can stand out from other people, even if you're actually doing the exact same thing. So doing the exact same thing, selling the same item for a similar sort of price on eBay, but actually just tweaking a few things here and there to actually improve your offering, make it better, make it unique, make it stand out a bit. And those sort of attention to details are the things that will make you be more popular than the other stuff, really. So um, hopefully I've been some help for you today with regards to uh, your eBay listings and your eBay selling and um, there's nothing more for me to do really now other than to say have a great day tomorrow because tonight's late and uh, I know I will uh, thank you very much for listening to the uh, Wolf of Wales hashtag wow hashtag wow podcast 
uh, on the Mike Armstrong podcast uh, post- podcasting system. Hope you have a good evening. Cheers. Bye. Hello everyone, welcome back to Mike Armstrong's podcast. Uh, this morning, being Monday, beginning of the week, I'm going to cover uh, quite a big subject actually, one that's important. Um, I'm going to do it under my uh, Wolf of Wales feature, uh, hashtag Wolf of Wales, hashtag wow, hashtag wow podcast. Um, you can also find my whole content on hashtag Mike Armstrong's podcast. But um, yeah, I'm going to cover a, a major uh, topic which is important for sales and marketing and getting the most out of your sales and your marketing. But it's also massively important for business and business growth, business development, uh, rapid growth, all that sort of thing. Um, also startup, startup growth and startup business. So the big thing that I'm going to cover today is efficiency. So efficiency, efficiency, efficiency should be the order of the day every day. And if you're not looking at all of your systems and processes and all of your activities and everything that you're doing on a daily basis and working out how to make them more efficient, then you're missing a massive trick. So, you know, ultimately, all systems, all processes, all ways of operating can be approved, improved upon. If you look at the British cycling team, for example, when a guy called Dave Berylsford took over, he looked at every single thing the British cycling team was doing and look for marginal percentage gains on them all. And what happens is you get small little percentage gains on everything that you do, but ultimately as an end process, you come out with a massive difference in performance because you've taken care of all the minor details. So lots of little things add up to one massive thing, one big thing. So if you're looking to get the most out of your day, if you can actually knock off time, off everything that you do throughout the day, knock off a couple of seconds here, a couple of seconds there, half, half the time here and half the time there, then it'll allow you to do more things, which means you're going to get more done. So you're going to have more chance of meeting more people, doing more business, closing more sales, you know, doing whatever you need to, to be doing in your business. So ultimately... If you're not working on how to improve your efficiency in your business um, already, then you need to sort of take some advice and start working on it now. Get a piece of paper, write down what is it that I do on a daily basis and how can I improve it? How can I make it quicker, better, faster, stronger? Yeah. So um, that would be, you know, my thought process. If you're in sales and you're in marketing, if you're able to do two, three, four, ten times the output by saving yourself times on what you're doing, then you're going to be known by more people and be able to do business with more people. If you're in sales and you're calling people, phoning people, visiting people, Zoom calling people, whatever, if you're able to do that in an hour instead of an hour and a half or 30 minutes instead of an hour or 15 minutes instead of a, uh, an hour and still get the same results then you're able to do much more of it, which means you can 20x, 10x, 5x, whatever. You can grow your business. So I I was part of a rapid growth business from 2002 to 2012, and I managed to grow a sales team of seven people from 300 grand to uh, 960,000. 
uh, it was it went from 300 to 680 to 960 in three years off the same seven people just by working on this concept of efficiency and training and educating people on it on it and managing them on it as well like you know and then after that I managed to um, continue the growth by taking on more people so I, I managed to get more out of what was there first and then I, I, I got more people then to replicate the system and, and to grow beyond that so that team then turned from 960,000 in a year to um, 5.7 million doing 1.7 million in new business and 4 million in the pot of renewal that was accruing over that eight year period so this works like you know what I mean it's not like theory it's not something that, that, that you know I've read in a book and I'm trying to tell you about it's not something that um, I think you know might be good for you to hear or not it's something which is integral if you want to grow your business it's an integral part of growing your business so do you want to look at your efficiency now I would say get on it, have a look at it, you know what I mean? Um, something which I do on a marketing point of view, which helps me with my efficiency, is I'm a massive blogger. Um, I blog on uh, WordPress blogs and I also blog on websites, blogs on my website, and I mostly use WordPress websites. I build websites myself. And uh, the reason why I use that platform is because... Um, the platform allows you to link your social media accounts to your blog and actually you can post stuff automatically from your blog or your website blog to your social media. Now that basically means what most people do is they do a blog, they grab the URL from the blog and then they go on their social media and they share it. Now, basically, that will take maybe maybe five minutes of time for each social media platform. So, say, for example, you've got five or ten social media platforms, and that's going to be taking you, well, five uh, minutes of time and five minutes, 25 minutes, 10 minutes, going to be 50 minutes, yeah? Now, if you can do a post in five minutes and it goes to those 10 places, then you've actually saved 45 minutes, so, people, when I tell people I blog a lot and I'm always blogging, people say to me, how do you find the time to blog? I don't have the time to blog. What I say to them is, I don't have the time not to blog. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't I not be doing, why wouldn't I be using th that tool? Because it's saving me like 45 minutes a day, you know, on every single time I post. And I post a lot of content out there, you know. I post in the equivalent of like a 10-man agency without having to have those 10 men because I'm using efficiencies to do it. So ultimately, I'm, I'm suggesting and advising you guys do it too. So uh, hopefully I've been of some help for you today. And uh, there's nothing really left for me to say now other than have a good day. I know I will. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello everyone, welcome back to the uh, Mike Armstrong podcast. Today I'm going to talk about um, the art of negotiation really, I suppose. It's going to be a, a regular feature, you know, the uh, the Wolf of Wales feature, which is a, a feature about uh, sort of sales and marketing advice. Um, and uh, I'm going to talk about the art of negotiation because a lot of salespeople think the art of negotiation is winning on the deal. Um, now, winning on the deal is not the art of negotiation because negotiation, in order for it to be perfect and for, for it to work well in the universe, it needs to be um, equal. You know, people need to 
equal, get equal value out of the deal. So salespeople think, well, if I can over-negotiate or if I can negotiate better than the other person, I'm going to come off better and they're going to come off worse. But that actually isn't going to be the case uh, because the universe likes to have a bit of balance. And so if you're coming off worse or if somebody's coming off worse, then you're not actually going to win. What happens is you might win on one transaction, but you're going to lose in the big picture, the grand scheme of things. So what you've got to learn to do is play nice. You've got to learn the art of negotiating where everyone's a winner. It's not just you're a winner and they're a loser, or they're a winner, you're a loser. The art of negotiation is finding a balance when everything's fair, everything's equal. And so when you go into um, doing deals, when you go into making sales for um, for, for a, a, a job or for your business, then what you've got to try and do is work out how can you provide equal value to what you're giving or how can you you know get equal value back in return. So whether you're using sort of money or contra of services or whatever to to exchange the, the, the sale or to make the sale, you need to work out, you know, a way of doing that where it's fair and it's fair for everyone. You know, the universe is um, interested in balance and in, in people, you know, benefiting from every situation and not somebody losing. So don't be the one causing uh, an imbalance in the universe by trying to outsmart or outwit or outperform other people. You've got to learn to play fair, play nice, be equal and, and not be greedy and try and get you know more than what you know you deserve in the deal you know what's wrong with just getting value for value at the end of the day the other person wants equal value you want equal value everyone's a winner if there's three of you in the deal or four of you in the deal why can't everyone have an equal share you know why do you need more what what makes you so special that you need to come out of the deal with like a way better deal than everyone else why are you so special you know what I mean all you are is greedy, if that's what you want. Greedy. Why, why, why are you trying to rip other people off for? What's, what's that going to achieve you in life, you know? It's going to achieve you a load of loneliness and no friends. Well done. Good on you. <laughs> you, know, you might have a big shiny car to show for it or something, but you've got nobody to take for a ride in it. Um, so what I would encourage uh, you to do if you're in sales is play nice, play fair, be reasonable, Give everyone uh, an equal part of the deal as you as you're going after. Give everyone this fair value. Make everyone win. What you'll find is then over time is that you'll actually end up being a bigger winner because they'll refer you to other people. So you'll actually uh, end up with much more customers and much more friends than if you just try charking people all the time and robbing them. So. Uh, that's really uh, the art of doing deals, I would say, is making sure that you, uh, you know, you play fair, you play nice and you do deals that are suitable and, and are fair and equal for everybody. And if you can't uh, understand that and you can't understand why you're working really, really hard, ripping people off all of the time and it's not getting you anywhere, well, you know, uh, hopefully I've uh, explained that a little bit to you, yeah? You, you, you basically... Not, not keeping the universe in balance you're not actually being fair and uh, and the universe is uh, taking its own back on you in other ways that you know so what goes around comes around as the old saying goes so uh, you know just try and be uh, a lot more fairer stop ripping people off be balanced 
and you'll have a much better career and a much better business longer term or, or whatever it is that you're doing you know, to sell for. Be a good person, do good things to other people and good things will happen to you. Believe me, never a true word spoken. There's nothing else left for me to say though other than have a good day, I know I will. It's probably uh, night time now, so, but not everywhere in the world. So whatever you're listening to, if it's daytime, have a good day. If it's not, have a good day tomorrow. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, uh, good morning. Welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast. Uh, this morning I'm going to cover a feature which I haven't done for a, a while now, which is the uh, hashtag Wolf of Wales, hashtag wow, hashtag wow podcast. Um, I'm going to talk about some uh, sales uh, training, some sales advice, um, which is what I do under the feature uh, The Wolf of Wales. So um, this morning I'm going to talk about one of the most important sales, if not the most important sale that you can make, whether you're new in sales to a job or whether you're um, self-employed and you're looking um, to start your business. Um, and that is the, the sale that you make to yourself. Because uh, the sale that you make to yourself will determine uh, how well you do it, determines how well you'll be able to sell to other people. So um, when when starting a job or when um, working for yourself, etc., what you've really got to do is sell the products, the services, the packages to yourself. You've got to convince yourself that they're the best products and services in the world. And in order to do that, you've got to work out why they are the best products and services in the world, really. So you've got to analyse your products, your services, work out what problems they're solving, work out you know why they're so good, work out what um, USPs and advantages they have over the competitors, work out who the competitors are, what they're offering and what they're missing. Do all of that sort of thing, and you'll um, you'll get to a point where you understand how awesome the product and service you are is, what fantastic uh, solutions it offers, and how you can um, you know provide great value to lots of other people by providing those products and services. If you can't do this sale to yourself, and you don't believe in the products or services that you're um, promoting, and selling, and offering then um, you know, you're not going to be able to convince other people and ultimately it's not going to be a good uh, sales job for you. So you know, for me, I'm a very value-driven person and I've got to believe in my product. My product's got to be good enough you know, to, to, to sell to my friends, my family, you know, my loved ones. It's got to be something I believe in and I trust and I know is, is doing a good thing and just doing a good job. So ultimately, um, you know, for me, it's important to make that first sale, you know, to understand what it is that I'm offering and what it is that I'm helping people with. And so I can go out there and convince those people that they need this product and they need the help. I'm also prepared to market it anywhere and everywhere because I believe in the product. If you don't believe in the product, you'll be frightened to market it because you, you, you don't know whether it's going to be of interest or not. Um, and also when you're telling people to go for the product, they're not going to trust you and, and believe you because you don't even believe you. So why would they? So uh, if you're new in business or if you've been in business a long time and you don't believe in your products and service and you're frightened to tell people about it and push it upon people, then ultimately you haven't convinced yourself why 
people need your product or service or you haven't come up with a great package or or great solution that you 100% believe in. So you need to work on that um, in order to be able to go out there and sell it to the world very easily. Even sometimes if your product and service is so good and it's offering such great value and it's, it's solving so many problems, people will come and find you rather than you going to find them. So, you know, that's that's the, the important thing is to make sure you've got the product, the service, the packages, the pricing, everything right. So you 100% believe it, which means all the people you talk about and tell about the product are going to 100% believe it too. Uh, so that's pretty much uh, um, my thoughts on that process, really. So, um, you know, that's something for you guys to go and do today. Get yourself into 100% belief of your product, your service. Do the research, get the facts, understand your product. If you can't get yourself into a position where you 100% believe in the product and uh, you know, you're struggling to be able to you know, convince other people you believe in the product, then maybe you know, if you can't uh, teach yourself all of the, the, the good points of the product and get to a point where you believe in it, then maybe you need to look at something else. You need to look at selling some other products or services or you need to b- believe at uh, doing something else in, in, in your life, you know, because you know, there's no point doing something you don't believe in, something you don't uh, agree with or you can't, you know, you can't uh, see, see yourself exceeding in or doing well in because your passion's not there, your enthusiasm's not there and your belief in the product's not there. So uh, that's pretty much uh, me done on that subject. Nothing else left uh, for me to say now other than uh, have a great day. I know I will. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast show. Uh, This morning I was going to do uh, a Wolf of Wales, uh, hashtag Wolf of Wales uh, episode. I haven't done one for a while, so I thought I'd just have a little chat with people, uh, a little bit about uh, some sales tips really. Obviously in the lockdown situation at the moment, people uh, are more resorting to telesales, phone sales than they are... um, field sales and face-to-face sales so I thought I'd go through uh, some telesales tips really so obviously um, when phoning people up the most important thing you can do when you uh, uh, are getting your pitch in if you like is well my feeling is really not really to have a, a pitch necessarily not to have a presentation or a pitch talking about your product, yourself, your company, or any of that. It's really to get to the crux of what is it about your product that helps people. And so therefore, what can you explain to people straight away that's in it for them? So so ultimately, you know, if your product or service is solving a problem, it's helping people, then you need to just, you know, get straight in with a quick line on how your product or service can help them and whether they're actually in need of that help, whether they have the problem that, you know, your product or service solves. So um, getting straight in uh, with a, a pitch, even if you're networking or you're telesales or you're face-to-face, getting in straight away with a, what's in it for them, how can you help them, how can you solve their problems, is the best way to get people interested and to engage with them. So um, that would be my tip on, uh, well, my, my first tip on telesales. The next tip is on telesales is, 
you know, the person on the end of the phone can't uh, see you. So you have to project, you know, how you look, how you feel, how you are to that person. So you need to, um, you need to, you know, project enthusiasm, excitement, joy, happiness, professionalism, all these things. And you can do that through what you say, through the tone, through the pace that you speak at, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, standing up is a good tip uh, if you're doing telesales. Standing up so you've got energy and you've got enthusiasm. You know, generally you can have more energy and enthusiasm standing up than slouching down, sitting down, that sort of thing. Um, also, what's really good is to mirror people. So you know, mirror their tone, their pace, uh, mirror um, you know their words. If they say things to you, say it back to them. You know, like if somebody says, you know, I'm not interested, you know, I understand that you're not interested now, but is there a time in the future you may be interested? You know, I can't afford it. I understand that you can't afford it now, but is there a time in the future that, you know, you may want to have this solution or you may want to solve this problem? And is there maybe a way that we could split the payments or something to make it affordable for you? Um, You know, if people say to you, you know, you know, or I'm looking for something that's going to be uh, efficient and cost effective. Then when you deliver, you know, your solution, you say to them, and obviously my solution is efficient, it's cost effective. You know, give them their words back to them because that's the things they care about. It shows you also were listening as well. So uh, that's, uh, you know, some more tips on telesales. Um just going to think of some more. Okay, when booking appointments, so if you ring somebody up and you've got to show them something or you've got to uh, book another time because they're busy and so you book a time to better, a better time, better suited time for you both to talk, then um, when booking appointments, take control of the situation. Don't just ask people, when can I uh, speak to you next or when can I book an appointment in or, or whatever. Um, just say to the, you know, take control of the situation and say, okay, I'm going to be calling tomorrow at, uh, you know, um, between 10 and 12 in the morning and 2 till 4 in the afternoon, which time is best for you? If you give people options to, to choose from, they're much more likely to choose one of the options than they are to choose a time themselves, you know? And, um, you know, if you give people like, oh, would you like an appointment? If you ask them a question, then they can say yes or no. Whereas if you say to them an alternative options like uh, when would you like an appointment, Tuesday or Wednesday, then they're they're thinking about the options rather than whether they want it or not. Um, So that's some more tips. Um, If you're finding it hard getting hold of people in the sort of normal nine to five, if you're doing B2B, try ringing lunch times, try ringing eight till nine, try ringing five till six especially senior people, senior decision makers, etc. You're going to be able to get hold of those people in those times much better than you can um, in other times, especially like if you're finding it hard to get through a receptionist through a gate, then sometimes ringing, you know, before or after the gate starts or when they're likely to be off on lunch break is a good time to bypass that system and that process. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty much uh, all the telesales tips I can think of right now. Um, oh, there's one more as well, yeah. If you're trying to get a hold of some senior decision makers in a company and uh, you ring a, a, a landline number, which is like, you know, 02920 or something, 
if you try 501 or 502 or 503 you'll generally you'll get the the management or the the mds the fds the it directors senior decision makers um so often you can uh, get, get, get hold of the person you're chasing or trying to get through to or you can speak to somebody one of their colleagues who isn't trained in deflecting salespeople and is a, a senior manager anyway and if you give them a good reason to speak to a colleague they'll probably put you in touch with a colleague or tell you which extension number they're on so uh, yeah there's a couple of uh, telesales tips which uh, hopefully will help uh, those uh, sales guys or, or business owners who are maybe pivoting from face-to-face meetings to more online and telesales meetings at the moment and, and chats um, and, and doing telesales work um, where they're not used to because of obviously the coronavirus situation the lockdown situation so uh, hopefully that's been of some help uh, i've been uh, mike armstrong hashtag wolf of wales and uh, this is uh, the mike armstrong podcast show um, i cover lots of business coaching sales and marketing coaching as well as personal development life coaching and motivation and positivity so uh, that's pretty much it from me nothing else left to say now other than uh, just to have a great day i know i will and thanks very much for listening cheers bye-bye Hello everyone and welcome to the uh, Mike Armstrong podcast show. Um, I'm going to do another hashtag Wolf of Wales or hashtag uh, Wolf of Wales podcast uh, or hashtag uh, wow or hashtag wow podcast. And um, I, th- I haven't done a, a Wolf of Wales uh, chat for a few days now so I thought I'd uh, do another one. I'm um, I'm obviously uh, experienced in sales and sales and marketing and I've got lots of information to share in the world of sales so I thought I'd uh, record uh, a Wolf of Wales uh, episode which is uh, me talking about sales and how to get the most out of sales etc and uh, the key to sales is uh, you know uh, making lots of appointments attending lots of appointments and uh, you know having something good to sell and being able to uh, persuade people and, and, and show people and demonstrate to people why uh, what you have is good to sell and why what they have will be great for them. So, um, but, but you know, the key to, to sales a lot of the time is numbers, you know, is KPIs, is getting things done, is going through the process. Um, the more calls you make, the more meetings you make, the more uh, demonstrations you have, the more proposals you give out, the more deals you make. A lot of the time sales is a numbers game um, or, you know, you can definitely improve sales performance by increasing the numbers. So you need to come up with a, a, a solid routine, a solid formula for, you know, making phone calls or making appointments, making meetings. You know, you have to just consistently, persistently go through the activities that you need in order to generate those appointments or generate those meetings, etc. So, um, you know, I actually started out uh, doing uh, door-to-door sales, uh, quickly um, added also telesales experience to to that as well. And with, for example, door-to-door sales, you've got to get into a routine of going somewhere every day from a certain time, you know, however long you need to do. Uh, knocking the doors, speaking to people and, and booking those appointments in to go back and see them and, and sell to them or to sell to them there and then if you can. Um, 
So, you know, you've got to go through that daily routine and, and those, I used to do eight hours a day. We used to do 12 till eight, so we could catch people six till eight, which is the best time, because most people were at work otherwise in the daytime. I used to do weekends as well. Uh, so I used to do sort of, uh, you know, seven days a week, six days a week, that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, if you do something for eight hours a day, six days a week, seven days a week in good time. So at that time we adjusted to, to work 12 till eight rather than sort of nine to five. <coughs> you know, or 10 till 6. Um, so that was the best time for doing door-to-door, B2C. And so we, we would do eight hours a day, you know, six or seven days a week. And you, you're pretty much guaranteed if you keep going through that process and going through that system, you're going to get lots of appointments, you're going to get lots of sales, you're going to do lots of business. Um, again, moving to telesales, uh, when I used to do B2C telesales, we used to ring uh, again, you know, 12 to 8. And, uh, you know, you'd make, you know, 100 phone calls a day. And, uh, you know, you'd speak to, a, you know, a proportion of that those people, maybe 20, 30% or something, maybe 40, 50% on a good day. And a proportion of those people would be interested in having a chat with you or listening to you or having a demonstration, etc. You'd get a quote out to a proportion of the people who listen to you and you'd close a proportion of the people who got quotes out. So you go through a, a system, you know, it's sort of proven and guaranteed to work. If you've got a KPIs where, you know, a certain percentage of the people you ring will listen, a certain percentage of the people who listen will get a quote, a certain percentage of the people who will get a quote will buy and you've got a proven model that if you just keep replicating you're just going to keep producing sales aren't you so it's about coming up with a system or a formula that that works for you and works for what it is you're trying to uh, to sell really uh, if you're a business uh, owner entrepreneur and you're, and you're now faced with you know running your own business and sales you've got to try and dedicate you know some time of your day to a system to a sales system or a sales formula so um uh, moving into the b2b world i used to work sort of nine till five we'd make uh, you know probably around uh, you know 40 to 80 phone calls a day a percentage of those people would have a look at an online product online demonstration a percentage of those people would be interested in a quote a percentage of those people would buy so in in the b2b world uh, th- those percentages i'd make probably 40 phone calls a day i'd get uh, uh, somebody onto a demonstration every 12 to 15 calls so that would be sort of uh, three demonstrations a day I'd probably sell it say two out of every three um, so you know two in three 60 percent and uh, you know so that was a proven model that worked and so all you had to do is keep making you know 40 phone calls in order to get two sales um, so, you know, there's always, uh, you know, if you, if you measure the KPIs and you measure the systems, the process, you know exactly what uh, activity at the front end you need to do in order to get the results and the output and the sales at the back end. So, you know, to make 40 calls in a day, for example, well, on a Monday, I used to make my calls sort of, you know, more, um, you know, from sort of 11, 12 o'clock onwards all day because... You know, you know, uh, on a Monday morning, people are in meetings. So there's no point phoning people when it's a bad time to call. If you've got admin you need to do and stuff like that, you might as well do that in the bad calling times. And then, um, you know, really bang out the calls in the good calling times. So, you know, that used to be a, a strategy. It's a good uh, um, 
model to have really is do the things you need to do in the times when it's not such good calling times and dedicate and free up uh, the, the good calling times for um, for just calling you know there's no point doing admin and writing emails and all sorts of <coughs> other stuff when it's good calling time get the calls done you're going to find a much more efficient use of your day and your time so <coughs> you know uh, things like uh, lunch breaks 12 till 2 because some people take 12 till 1 so some will take 1 till 2 you know in a b2b environment if you're ringing people you know um, uh, throughout the business day then then 12 till 2 you have your lunch break you have your admin do all of that sort of stuff so that then you can ring people say 2 till 4 solidly knowing that that's a good time to call people in the mornings you know something like 10 till 12 is a good time to call people once they've got their meetings out of the way 9 till 10 so if you're balancing scheduling your work activity for the day you know put your call in in at the times when it's good times to call and then uh, put your admin and other meetings and lunch and all the other stuff that you have to do put that in the bad times to call people so again um, a good time to call people is uh, on a friday afternoon because lots of people are in a good mood and uh, they're feeling good ready for the weekend etc and so um you know calling say two till four can be a really good thing you know after four if you're trying to get all the decision makers a lot of the time they're gone they're gone home and not there anymore so you know there's no point you know leaving all your call into say three till five when half of them are going to be gone at four so you have to make sure you dedicate your, your, your say two till four rather than uh, three till five you're going to get much better results you're going to get a lot more answers a lot more decisions so it's about being strategic with your time planning you know your, your, your calling time and all the other stuff you have to do you know around the best times to do it and you'll find you'll get a much better use of your time much better results much better kpis much better performance all in and you won't get so annoyed because you'll be doing all the right things at the right times and not doing all the wrong things at the right times and wondering why nothing's happening for you so uh, that's pretty much how i used to sort of plan my day plan my time plan my schedule it used to be much more efficient than just you know aimlessly banging out calls at all the wrong times and and just randomly doing stuff you know if you strategically do stuff and, and do it at the right times you're going to get much more um, use out of your time much better use of your time much better results much better kpis and you're going to feel better and and be happier so uh, that's pretty much uh, all i need to say on that subject matter really um this has been uh, hashtag mike armstrong on the hashtag wolf of wales podcast part of the uh you hashtag you can do it podcast which is uh um, mike armstrong podcasts and uh thanks very much for listening nothing else left for me to say other than uh, have a great day i know i will cheers thanks bye-bye